you considered the messages your outfits send? What do you think your clothes say about you? See, style is about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes. Every day you make choices about what you're going to wear, but what are you communicating? Welcome to Above and Beyond Style. I'm your host, Maria DiLorenzo, and in 2019, I founded MFD Style, where I provide a unique, intuitive approach to personal styling for those ready to embrace a more meaningful look. With this podcast, I'll uncover key elements of where spirituality, psychology, and style intersect, revealing how you can make intentional wardrobe choices that reflect who you really are. So let me ask you, are you ready to transform into your authentic self? Then it's time. Come with me on this journey and together we'll take your style above and beyond style. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to Above and Beyond Style. Again, this is season two where I get to interview and talk to some of my favorite experts in all of their respective fields and talk a little bit further, deeper um, on this level about style and design and sort of where it's really penetrated different areas of their lives, how it might show up in their work, um, and just offer you that different perspective on this whole concept. So today's guest is one of my most beloved people in my life, and it feels like such a total privilege to be able to talk with her. And I know you've heard me talk about her on the podcast before, and she talks about me on her podcast. And so we have this be- beautiful mutual love affair because um, we've been friends for now almost, well, over 20 years. And it's been such a really important part of my life for you to get to know today's guest. So today's guest is Lisa McCrowan, and she is an integrative coach, a somatic experiencing psychotherapist, an author, and a poet. She works with clients all over the world, both individuals and organizations, to follow what delights their hearts and lead lives that they deeply love at home and at work. She is the author of two books, Gems of Delight and Your Light is Rising, and she recently started her own podcast called Delightful. It's where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity. Her whole intention for Delightful is to offer listeners a poetic experience for their nervous systems to be soothed and gently reinvigorated. Doesn't that just sound amazing? Um, Lisa lives in Middletown, Maryland with her husband, her two children, and their sweet, sweet dog, Sherlock, with the mountains outside their back door. So Lisa, hello, welcome to Above and Beyond Style. Oh my gosh, Maria, I am so excited to be here with you. This has like been in the works for a while. I'm, I'm so excited and delighted to be here with you. So great to have you. And I think what's really fun is that before we dig into like all the magical content that we're gonna talk about today, I think it's really helpful for our listeners to know a little bit about us and our yes, connection. Because totally. we go way back, girl, oh we go way, way back. And um, one of the best parts of knowing someone through like a really pivotal part of their like adult life is Mm -hmm. seeing the journey. Right. And I think back to when I first met Lisa, I was a very sweet, 
little 22 year old fresh out of college going into grad school. Um, the two of us met at Boston College where we both did our graduate work. And we lived in a part of campus where we were both doing graduate internships mm -hmm. that allowed us to live basically next door to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. was crazy. And so I met Lisa and I remember being like, who is this girl? Like she's this little spitfire. She's this little spunky, like totally outgoing, really loving, so gentle and warm and like immediately took me in like just wow. the most perfect way, especially when I had moved what, 1800 miles away from totally. home. Right. Yeah. So here I was in this new environment. I had met Lisa and we were instantaneous friends. Oh, we and totally were. Yeah. I just think back on those years and I'm like, what a gift girl. Oh what my gosh. Gift. That's totally how I feel too. Oh my gosh. 20 years girl over that. I mean, just, it's yeah. awesome. One of yeah. my bestest friends. And it's mm -hmm. been super fun because uh, Lisa met her husband while we were in grad school. So I know her husband super well. You know all the details. All, all the, the scoop, all the good the stories. <laughs> um, she has two amazing children, one of which I am the godmother to her son. Um, so we just have a really deep and meaningful relationship that has spanned a lot of years. And that like the fashion consultant for my daughter too. Like, let's just, <laughs> I'm like, we're always like, I'm always telling my daughter, Claire, I'm like, uh, when we, cause she's a tween. Right. And when we were like, I'm like, I don't know if this goes, I'm like, okay, let's take a picture and send it to Maria and she will tell us and she will confirm what I know because Maria has taught me well. So, <laughs> so this is um, just a little proof for everyone that I've been working oh. in style a long time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Girl, I think even like when we lived together, like the first time, in our first house, yes, in the first house we lived at in in Boston mm -hmm. during like I was in my final year of grad school, but like yep. oh yeah, we were doing closet edits back then. That's so wild there to think stories. about that. There There's some good stories, and we'll tell you a few okay, stories yeah, today, exactly. so for sure. But the reason I, of course, aside from the fact that I just love and adore Lisa so much, but she has such a fascinating expertise, and as you already heard in my introduction, she has such a multifaceted amount of talents. And her interests are really so wide and so broad. And I think what has really drawn us into kind of a deeper level and conversation mm -hmm. about style is because she lives in this world of kind of looking at the deeper level, really helping people and accompanying people through some really significant moments in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, Lise, like, let's talk a little bit about you, your sure. background, your story, kind of what brought you to this culmination of all these interests that you bring to the table. Yeah. So briefly ish, uh, I've always been, so my first job out of college or actually I was even in college. This is a long time ago. Uh, I remember working at a free clinic and cause I was majoring in business, but focused on nonprofit stuff. I was working at a, at a, a free clinic and I was like, okay, there's a reason why like someone's coming in and their knee hurts. I was always looking at like, what's the deeper root cause of their suffering and how can we address that? And I was always looking at it from a body perspective, you know, trained in yoga, explore, and, and of course, spirituality, like explore different uh, religions and, and spiritual expressions, even in college and after college. And then, so I, this combination of business and spirituality 
body centered healing, energy healing is always, I guess I can even look back in undergrad and see that there was this, there was this interest in all of that and coming together. And way back then there wasn't this sense of integration, mind, body, spirit. There wasn't this, it wasn't part of the normal talk of everyday life that people were talking about these things. So it felt way back in the early nineties. It was like, I'm, I'm putting these things together, these different pieces that people don't really talk about too much. And now we see this exploding, which is awesome. So this combination I love of neuroscience. So the somatic experiencing stuff, healing, um, healing trauma, healing toxic stress in our nervous systems combined with this sense of deeper meaning and purpose. You can call that spirituality or spiritual expression along with like leadership and what it is, what it means to be a true leader an authentic leader and how to, and how, and even how we define leadership, like who is a leader, not just a leader of a, an organization or a company, uh, but you're the leader of your own life. You're the leader of your family uh, and of things that you're doing in, in the community. Uh, so I really, I, I love the combination of all those things. Yeah. Wow. You're like my own Brene Brown. As I listen to you talk, I'm like, yes. Do you Thank see you. guys? Are you, are you guys hearing this already? Yeah. Marilyn Spark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think what's really cool is accompanied with all of that professional expertise. Mm. You have also nurtured a talent that you've had since you were in third you grade. Bringing third that up. Grade. I know. I just thinking about, yes, you know the story. Yeah. I mean, I have loved to write since I was in Mrs. Costenbader's third grade class. And we made those little books with, what are those things? Like tat, that, that paper you would, you would uh, cut, do the paper? like, well, that the paper that you would, um, we'd make books, we made mm. books and it was like that sticky paper that you would make the cover with, with flowers and stuff like that. And, oh gosh, I, and I can look back then and I've shown these, of course, you've seen these before, but I can look back then. And I was even then writing about compassion, delight, mm. connection. I mean, even back then as a little third grader so <laughs> and writing poetry. So, but I was super practical and was like, okay, it makes sense for me to go into business. Cause that's what I saw my dad and my, my older brother doing. And, but I, ha I just kept writing from third grade on. And I think I got my first real journal in eighth grade and started to write poetry, uh, in like in seventh or eighth grade. And I've just loved it ever since. And then years ago when my mom was like, you need to start a blog. And that was when WordPress, it'd be yes. like such and such dot wordpress.com <laughs> and started, started a blog and started putting my poetry out into the world and then wrote a couple books because that, yes, I love to write. I love to write. And so I yeah. love that Come, she sort of casually on. just throws in like, oh, I just wrote a couple books, right? Like yeah. Like, <laughs> So can we talk about your two books for a second sure, and sort sure. of what those are about and what inspired yeah. you to bring those to the world? So Gems of Delight was my, is my first book. And I knew back then that I wanted to do something about compassionate parenting, present parenting. Mm. And as you know, I love to think of things in terms of seasons, sometimes like literally seasons. And so I divided the book into winter, spring, summer, fall. And I share stories and poetry from a spiritual perspective, from that present parenting perspective about, and, and self-care and parenting, but from that place of that compassionate parenting. And so, so stories and poetry, and I knew that I needed to put that out into the world. Like it was just, it was time for that. Mm -hmm. 
And then my second book, Your Light is Rising, again, I organized it. I love different organization patterns. You and I know that. I organized it around different times of the day. And I wanted this to just be total poetry. And so I started with like, there's, there's dawn, which is about hope, morning about courage, uh, midday is about strength, afternoon is about compassion, and evening is peace. And there's like 13 different entries for each of those, of those uh, parts of the day. And again, poetry that, that speaks to each of that. So each of those different themes. So, well, yeah. and if we're lucky, we might get a little, uh, preview or hear oh, totally. a little bit yes. of that and today, even some like cause... unpublished. Yeah. From, yeah, from, yeah. from new it's... poetry. I'd love to share. That'd be awesome. I think so. Part of the reason I want to just paint this picture of all of these different talents that Lisa brings to the table and the depth with which she, um, she has really dug into each one of these areas of your life, I think, with such intention and purpose that it brings us to this really interesting recent um, new adventure in podcasting, which of course we're now sharing and doing. And, uh, it's been one of those things that you and I feel like every time we talk on the phone, it's like, well, that should have been a podcast episode. So, um, (laughs) so tell us about delightful. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, first off, you totally inspired that. And for your listeners, if you end up starting at the beginning and, and listening to the first episode of story of of delight, you will hear me talk about how influential Maria was. So she was like, girl, you just need to start this. And it was, it was awesome. So I just said, okay, let's do it. And, and I started it and I'm so grateful to you because it was the next right thing to do in terms of bringing my poetry out into the world. And so that really is so far the, the main, what started it, the main thing was I wanted to speak more of my poetry and get practice doing that and putting that more out into the world. And, but to create an experience for people, a poetic experience, like you said in the beginning, a poetic experience for people's nervous systems to be soothed and nourished. Mm-hmm. And then to reemerge, whether it's from listening from us to a seven minute interview, or I mean, a seven minute uh, episode or a 40 minute story and episode and, and poet poem. I wanted people to then feel the sense of like, oh yeah, like my life is good. I'm Mm. good. So, and gently reinvigorated and definitely an experience because as a therapist, as a, as a somatic experiencing psychotherapist and an integrative coach, I just hear how our nervous systems are frazzled and fried and we've got decision fatigue, all those kinds of things. And we need these experiences of our nervous systems being nourished and soothed and yet gently reinvigorated. Not like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. More like, oh yeah, yeah, Mm. I feel good. Life is good. And and then inspired to go back into your day with a little sense of delight and feeling like good about your life and stuff. So I have so loved doing it and I'm I'm really grateful to you that you inspired me Mm. to do that. Well, if you haven't listened to Delightful yet, everybody, this is the plug. You're going to hear us talk about it a few times, but it's a wonderful... I think it really captures your essence, Lisa, and really gives the world um, that connection point to Mm -hmm. hearing both your stories and knowing where the poetry comes from, from your own experiences. And again, to provide that experience for people to have for themselves. And I think we're going to connect all this to style in a minute, but, you know, before I, when I talk about style, I talk about authentic style derives from understanding your authentic self. And when I really think about Delightful and all the work that you have done over these last 
20 plus years, it's really about helping people come to know and understand who they are and to come to a loving and accepting place about who they are, because we've all had different experiences, traumas, circumstances that have made us question or doubt or really quiet that voice of who we are inside. And in some ways, I wonder about that sense of self. And, you know, you talk very, very clearly about delight being one of those practices that really can reinvigorate your life. I'm curious from your perspective, I know this is a big question, but like, how do these two things relate to each other? Delight, this relationship to self, this exploration of self through maybe the psychological or spiritual process. Yeah. So I think it's even helpful to begin to even just define delight. And I see delight Mm. as this, like this soft, it's a couple of things like this soft hum of aliveness in us when we're looking at a sunset or this uh, sense of gentle joy we experience when Mm. someone we love says our, our name so sweetly. Uh, It's the smile that comes across your face when a friend compliments you on your outfit, uh, design or supported by Maria, inspired by Maria. Uh, And you, or you just like, you rocked it at a meeting. There's a sense of pride. And I see delight as this embodied experience. It's not just up in the head. It's a full body experience, a sense of like expansion, a, a spark in your soul. So it's like you're grounded and yet, and very embodied. And then also there's this sense of lightness. And I see delight as it's like two things here. It's a daily practice, like Mm -hmm. orienting our attention in a particular way, like looking for delight. And I'll talk about that in a moment. And then also a a spiritual discernment practice, really. Uh, And really when I talk about it being a, a, an everyday kind of practice, uh, an everyday, like orienting your attention practice, it's like, okay, what would delight my heart right now? Like Mm -hmm. after a tough time in a meeting, you just ask that question of like, what would delight my heart right now? And when I, and, and people ask like, well, whenever I ask people to ask themselves that question, Mm -hmm. they have to turn inward and like, oh, delight. Like, what does that mean for me in this moment? Like, do I need to feel more grounded? Do I need to feel just the sense of lightness? And it often is that kind of combo of grounded, embodied, coming back to self. But there's this, this checking in with self that happens. And it might be, it might be, oh, I need to just like, I'm looking at Sherlock here and he's asleep on the couch (laughs) as usual. And, and I just, okay, do I need to go over and pet my dog's ears for a moment? What would delight my heart right now? Or when you're about to, when you're about to get something to eat, for example, like what would feel like just so, what would it be feel invigorating and delightful to eat? Even like how I arrange it on a plate, like what would aesthetically be delightful? And then with like the, a spiritual discernment practice, it's like, it's looking at what the question is like, what do I want? And what would delight my heart in the biggest picture of things Mm -hmm. and exploring that. And I think we don't spend enough time in that discernment of where am I going? Um, What gives my life meaning and purpose? What do I really want? And so much of my work is about helping people move through those layers of like, what would really delight my heart? Uh, There's a, there's a, you know, this, but there is a quote by Hafiz, one of my favorite ancient Persian poets. And it goes something like this. It's like, oh, when I'm lying on my deathbed and I, one regret that I don't want to have dear world 
is that I did not kiss you enough. One, one regret Joe world that I do not want to have when I'm lying on my deathbed is that I did not kiss you enough. And so like, I see our lives about listening to our souls, listening in the moment and, and in a bigger discernment, discernment practice of like, what would really delight my heart and would feel very authentic and real to my soul's evolution. And so whether we're talking about trauma work or we're talking about clothing and style, or we're talking about poetry or those things, like really it's about like, Ooh, what makes me feel like my authentic self? What delights me? What invigorates me? And yet from a very embodied sense of self, not just from the neck up. Cause I work with a lot of people who, who just live from the neck, from the neck up. Yeah. Yeah. And this, what I love about how you describe this, and this is something you've taught me over the last several years about really turning inward, as you said, and listening, like there's a language to your body and your body is speaking messages all the time. And we have been so conditioned to quiet those, to ignore them, dismiss them, um, override them, right? Like there's so much there around not paying attention to what the body is saying oh and what gosh. it wants. Right. Totally, totally. And I think this is one of those things that when I'm working with my clients, I can see where that shows up for people where they're mm. overriding that sense of self in their physical bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's translating in the expression of their style, which we're oh, going to totally. get to in a second, 100%. but like, but it's so interesting about when you take the time and for anybody that has spent time with a mental health professional or been in the practice of coaching or been in the space where they've done some of this inner work, Mm -hmm. um, the discovery of who you are oftentimes, I think is about like reintroducing yourself to your body. Oh, totally. 100%. Like it has to be from that holistic perspective. It has to be. And that's what you do in your work too. I mean, people think that it, like you say that it's about the clothes, but it's not really about the clothes it is. And it isn't. (laughs) And that it really, you are taking people on this journey of how do I want to express my authentic self right now and to shine? I mean, really, I think one of the, one of the things that I see in my work is how we just, we hide our light. We hold back. We, Mm. in some way, whether it's, there's all different kinds of reasons why. And I think you do this in your work too, which is, I mean, you definitely do it, which is like, it's bringing alive that part of you that wants to, wants to be fully expressed right now in this season of your life. Like what wants expression, what would feel authentic. And when that, when that matches up and that's aligned, mm, it's like you show up completely differently, differently. Yeah. And it's really fun to watch when people make that connection. Right. And it's like, it's been there kind of all along, or it's been Mm -hmm. just below the surface kind of hanging out or, um, or just even watching people come to really name it or give language to it, I think is really Mm -hmm. fun to see and Mm -hmm. listen to. And listen, I'm not a clinician. I've said this a million times over on my podcast. I am not a licensed psychotherapist. I do not have the appropriate training, but I do have a lot of intuitive skill. And I think I've learned a lot from, I happen to have like a lot of friends who are social workers yes, and nurses <laughs> and caretakers. Like, it's really interesting when I look at my scope of friendships. Um, and 
all of my fabulous professional friends, but especially as we're talking with Lisa, I've learned a lot listening to the ways you've accompanied people and drawn that out of them. And I think I've been able to apply that. And I really give oh, you yeah. credit, Lise, because oh, you've given oh. me some of that, that language without the official training, or you've given oh. me the, the, you know, the understanding of sort of the motivations and, and what, what is it underneath for people that allows them to feel the way they feel about their bodies? And this is the part of the connection with self and style that has mm -hmm. always fascinated me. And I think when we are willing to go to the place where we're going to have this intimate relationship with who we are or mm -hmm. discover it maybe for the very first time, because maybe we haven't spent our lives doing that and that's okay. Right. Any day you want to start that process is a good day. Um, but having that intimate relationship with self allows you to show up in the world in a way that maybe you haven't ever done before. And I think when, when that happens, as you just named, it's like the key unlocks, people sit up a little straighter, mm -hmm. they kind of throw their shoulders back, they have this sort of sense of confidence and purpose that, again, I think has been kind of there all along, oh, they just totally. didn't really know how to access it. So yeah. I, so I'm curious in your, in your expertise, I want to talk a little bit about the value of this process mm -hmm. of getting to know your authentic self mm -hmm. so that the authentic expression can be, mm -hmm. can be done through style. Mm -hmm. So this intimate relationship with self, I feel like is an ongoing thing throughout our lives. And especially as a midlife woman, and I talk with a lot of people in midlife too, there's this midlife reckoning, awakening, shedding of old stuff, old stories, old ways of like keeping us down or not shining. And this emerging of an expression of self and honoring of self that, that wants to come forth. And I feel like this showing up authentically and courageously, it just, there's this sense, I'm just pointing to like my midline right now. Like there's a sense of alignment when we, and, and ease and flow and joy when we feel like we are showing up authentically. And as a body-centered psychotherapist and an integrative coach, like so many people talk to me, especially even like leaders that were again, living from the neck up and we're always in our heads. And I love helping people just like you do getting curious about developing this relationship with and listening to like a person's whole body, like mm -hmm. our bodies too. I mean, you and I have talked about this so much too, that our bodies are actually our friends. They're our allies. And so many of us are called to rediscover that and to nurture that relationship and to actually even say this, like heal that relationship. And, um, our bodies are constantly sending us messages to both protect us and to help us make decisions that are aligned with our souls. And so when we tap into the wisdom of the body, we can live with this deeper sense of intuitive, uh, this intuition, and then a more integrative life. I really do feel like the body, the soul, and the mind actually want to be aligned. And like you talked about this key and the, and the lock, it just like clicks and it, mm -hmm. yes, there's this alignment. There's this flow in us. 
Um, and so this relationship helps us to show up then confidently and authentically, but yes, the body has to be part of the equation and part of part of our healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. We have to listen to and cultivate that wisdom of the body. Like even for example, like when we, this is a really simple thing. You and I've talked about this when we lean into something, right? Our body, like it might be really super slight, but we lean into something. We want to listen to that. There's a little bit of a yes. And when our bodies kind of pull back a little bit and it's like, "Mm, we want to listen to that too. There's a, there's a no there. It could be about, it could be about uh, a certain person or somebody at work is asking you to do a project or someone's inviting you to do some speaking or to present something. And you're like, "Mm," there's a little bit of, eh, you want to like a pulling back and a little bit of like a, like a tightening up in the body constriction. We want to listen to that. And same thing then if there's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or we're looking at something that like you, you pull out a particular outfit and you put something together. Cause you do this so magically, you'll pull something out of someone's closet and myself included people. I've heard this so many times from you. People are saying like, and I've said it myself of like, oh my gosh, I would have never imagined those two together. And there's a leaning in and there's a, there's a, there's an opening. There's this embodied experience of delight. There's this embodied experience of like, of authentic alignment with self. We want to pay attention to that and get familiar with our body's uh, ways of befriending us and, and helping us. Mm. Can you guys see why I can spend hours, just hours talking to Lisa you and, I did. And, like, and, we do. <laughs> and literally just and learning I... and soaking up so the cute. like intelligence and the wisdom. It's so fantastic. So, um, I consider myself pretty lucky to have this on the other end of the phone a lot of days. Um, but what you've, you've really painted this beautiful picture, no doubt as a poet that there is this connection point between, how we feel about ourselves, how we occupy this physical body and how we express it. And um, style is one of the things that lights me up. It delights me. Totally. It gives me this little bit of openness and like, ooh, you know, and I love to bring people through that process. And one thing that we failed to mention at the very beginning of this podcast is that Lisa's been a client of mine for many, oh many years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So let's talk a little bit about your experiences Mm. with kind of this whole, just conceptually, and then maybe this, this, the practical part of like a closet review and Uh doing some personal shopping and things like that. But like from the early stages of making this connection between self-presentation and and Mm self-love and worth, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious about your experiences with that. And I think- (laughs) Girl, we could, we could do so many episodes on this <laughs> between <laughs> like you and us in style. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe something that'll just highlight how I think the importance. Okay. So wait, people need to know that I'm not a shopper, right? So this is coming from someone. I'm not a shopper. I don't, I get overwhelmed looking at stuff. Uh, I have my own style and I, and I've always, I mean, even before we were doing our closet edits way back in grad school, um, you, like I've always wanted to present well, if that makes sense. And in my own way. Mm-hmm. So I've cared about clothing and I've cared about how I show up, but I definitely you have elevated that. But I think if there was just one 
snapshot that would capture how you have taught me and from an embodied experience for me to experience what you would talk about was the moment. And again, we'll tell more stories in a moment, but was the moment I walked into my closet after you and I, you and I had done a closet edit a few years ago. And I wasn't even thinking about this. I was just getting dressed for the day. Like I wasn't thinking about what I'm about to tell you, but like, I wasn't even thinking about this. I walked into my closet and I was like, "Mm, I need to start charging more for what I do. Like I wasn't thinking about like strategy or, you know, I wasn't thinking about those kinds of things for work. I was just getting dressed for the day and looking at like, Ooh, what do I want to wear today? And literally walked into my closet and how organized it was, beautiful hangers and everything. I was like, I need to start charging more for my work. And I was like, I was so surprised by that. I remember calling you and telling you that. And that to me spoke to me then and convinced me of the power of style and how our outward expression of like what we wear and how helps us to bring out our authentic self. And, and I actually think I did start charging more (laughs) for my services after that because it was already in me. I already have all the expertise. It was like somehow in making sure that my outsides matched my experience, my education, my, my, my loves and what delights my heart, what I love, I'm passionate about doing somehow having that match even more helped me to then show up even more authentically in, in that way. So that I feel like it just, it describes the overall feel about how I think style can elevate Elevating our style can help to b- create this all to bring out this authentic expression of self. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I love that when confidently when clients come to me and are, they don't quite have the words yet mm-hmm. for sort of what they're looking for and how they want to feel. And it, it's often, it comes back to this sense of empowerment, or totally. there's a new sense of confidence, mm-hmm. or there's value that has now been elevated. So not only do they look great, right? Like they're mm-hmm. seeing themselves with this different set of eyes about what complements their body or their colors or, you know, various fit fabrics, etc. But they're starting to really feel in their physical selves, that sense of like, I'm worth this. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. So tell me a bit more about that part, because I think in that space, Mm -hmm. this is the part of like, if I had a wish for every client that Mm -hmm. I get to work with, that's the end goal feeling that I want Mm -hmm. them to feel. And you've gratefully shared that with me many times over a year, over the years. Let me read a poem about that. Cause I think that might encapsulate best like my words. So let me, let me read a poem about that. Okay, so I, I'd like to share two poems then, because I think this really sums up the awesomeness, I feel like, of style and authentic expression. So this one is unpublished. It's not one of my books yet. Oh, I get to share it with you guys. Okay, this is, it's short. When you feel fabulous, when you feel fabulous, go ahead and shine. Walk into the room and let the light that surrounds you be as brilliant as you were born to be. Don't play small. Don't compare your fabulous self to anyone else. You are a beautiful human being and you embodying your unique light encourages others to be so fabulous and free. 
And then this one, authentically you. Go ahead and shine, dear one. Take the soul risk. Dream big. Remember, you are beautiful being authentically you. Take up space. Listen to the wild call of your heart. Follow your own rhythm. Know that you are worthy of love. So I feel like these two poems, when you feel fabulous, I mean, literally when you feel fabulous, when I, when I put on one of my Bowdoin dresses, as an example, <laughs> one of the dresses that a couple years ago, you're like, Ooh, get that one girl. Like you, sh- I, sh- I show up differently. Like I shine. And I think so many of us, especially women, we need this permission Mm. um, to shine. And that permission has to come from within and it can be encouraged by other people like you. Oh my gosh, that is what you do. Like you encourage people, but it's it's something that I love about what you do in styling is that you aren't getting people to dress like you, you are getting people to like tune inward and to develop and to play with an an expression of their style and to play with that because it takes a little bit of time too like their own expression so that then they feel fabulous. And there is a difference between like, I'm just thinking about this. Like, let's just say an old dress that I had that, okay, I felt pretty good in. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Oh, you hear that all the time. Yeah. Good enough. It's been good enough. There is a difference. I am telling you, and I'm closing my eyes thinking about this right now. There is such a difference when I put on like one of my beautiful dresses that I've got that I've, that you've told me to get, or, oh, recently the black jumper. Okay. My first jumper ever. And again, black, cause I'm short. And I thought, oh, no, I don't know. You're like, trust me, Lise, get this black jumper. And I was like, okay. And what happened? I show up for my 26 year college reunion. And that night people are like, girl, you look awesome. And, and, and I felt it. So it was just confirmed by what other people were saying, but I felt awesome in it. And, and that is the awesome thing about you is once, see, this is what I always tell people about working with you is so yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your closet edit. That'll change your life. Everybody's like, oh my God, this is so great. And so excited. Cause you can see this, this product, right. Or this, you see a before and after very clearly. But the awesome thing about working with you over time is, you know, that person's, well, their measurements, uh, and those might change over time too, but like their measurements, you know, like the look and vibe, you know, the things that they're going after in life. So whether they're a corporate lawyer or a doctor, or they're just trying to go to the bus stop and look super cute or go to soccer games or whatever, you know, those things. And so as a, you can shop for people. And that is one of the things that you offer that I think is so wonderful. You were like, Lise, go get this. I'm like, what? You're like, just trust me on it. Try it out. My first jumper ever. And I absolutely, I was adorable, but there was such a difference between putting that on and just an okay skirt and shirt. Like there is an embodied different difference. And like I did when I felt fabulous, I walked into that room, the party that night, and I was just letting the light that is just me, who I am authentically shine. And that doesn't diminish anybody else's light. It actually encourages other people to be like, oh yeah, Mm. I'm going to show up as, as, as my, as my awesome shining self, like definitely, um, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, that it encourages others to be as fabulous and free. Yeah. It's a little bit of that, like pay it forward kind of concept that people don't really, I don't think they go into experiences of working with someone in my space, knowing 
how it will, it's the domino effect of when you show up in that way and you are empowered and you're feeling your best self, it inspires it, 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 it's sort of like it, it's the ripple of that energy mm-hmm. goes into other people like, Oh, she looks great. I, I want to feel that good. Or I want to. Right. And so there's that mirroring that happens. Totally. And even if it's not your particular, let's get down to this, like your particular style. Sure. Like, do you want to, do you want to share the example of the, you know what I'm talking about? Do, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You want to share that one? Because like, that isn't your style. It probably would be mine, but <laughs> like the woman who walked into the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Share. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So you were telling me when you went to this conference recently and, and, uh, this woman walked in with this pink dress and was just like, and you were like, Oh my good. I mean, these are like my words now, but like, Holy crap. Who is this person now? Pink dress jumpsuit thing or whatever would never like, that is just not your thing. But because she was walking in and like, it's the way you described it was almost like, on a show, you know, when the, when like the, the light comes around a person and the other parts dim, it's like, seriously, right. That she just walked in. And then, then you listen to her and her message was fabulous too. But like, she walked in the pink dress lady is the pink jumpsuit or jumpsuit. Yeah. Jumpsuit. Yeah. And and hopefully she'll be a guest on the podcast, which will be really fun. I hope so. That whole experience of watching someone own their style, like 110%. Yep. And again, it wasn't my style. It wouldn't have been what I would have chosen, Uh but I could quickly identify that she was in her essence and totally at ease with herself. And it helped. In fact, it convinced me that what was going to be coming out of her mouth, like the messages that were going to be coming were going to be true. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the whole point to the work that you do is it's showing up authentically as you and bringing that out almost. I mean, it's like blossoming in this sense of, Mm -hmm. of just blossoming into this sense of self, because we all know this intuitively when we look at someone, whether it is, whether you're an accountant or you're a lawyer or you're a doctor, or you are a mom, a dad, I mean, whatever it's like, whatever you're doing, when somebody shows up in wearing something, their style matches their insides. Like we hold ourselves differently. We, and we perceive when we see someone like that, we, we know it intuitively, like Mm -hmm. this just show up like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I'm growing into too, that you've really helped me with. Yeah. Cultivating my own style. I think we all, I mean, I think that's the beauty, the beautiful part of style. It evolves as we Mm -hmm. evolve. It's not a linear process. It doesn't stay the same. Um, that's the best part about having a, an openness to experimentation for different styles. Um, like the jumpsuit, right? Like you were like, I've never, I've never put on jumps. I don't wear jumpsuits. And, Mm -hmm. and this particular one was just, you know, all the right criteria for you. Right. And it worked great. And so there's also a willingness there, as I'm sure you see with both your clients Mm -hmm. and those that you Mm -hmm. support in coaching that like, you have to give it a try. Totally. Okay. So should we try, should we talk about that? Cause you know, when the thing, we didn't even plan all the, all these things, dear listeners, I want them to know. This is so funny. Um, jackets. Remember that several years ago? I don't remember. And you were like, I liked, I almost can't look at you. Okay. And I still like them. All right. Cardigans. 
I loved cardigans because they're soft. I love a cashmere. So many, so many women love a cardigan. I know. So you're not I'm alone. Like, okay, okay, I know. And there's a place for cardigans, right? There's a place for cardigans, just not all the time. So I was giving more talks. I, I, I teach faculty and staff at Georgetown University. I run wellness programs for faculty and staff. And Maria, in your gracious way, I don't remember how you said it, but I'm sure it was gracious, but straightforward. Um, or and I should say and straightforward, like, let's let's get you like, oh, what kind of things are you doing? Like, oh, I'm in front of, you know, faculty and staff. Oh, tell me about faculty and staff. Oh, I can run from, you know, people all over the university. Oh, okay. Like, so what did you wear yesterday? Like, oh, I wore this. Okay. Well, you know, let's think about this a little bit. Okay. So I remember, so I'm short and I have a chest. And so I never thought that I could wear jackets well and be comfortable in them. Cause you know, one of my biggest things is I got to be comfortable. All right. And so several years ago when you're like, all right, girl, we need to try some jackets and we need to like move on a little bit from the cardigans just to add a little bit of variety in there, Lise. I'm like, okay. And again, so, okay. I want to speak to that, that willingness to take a chance to, to take some risk, to try exactly. That is so important. Again, same thing, jumpsuit jackets. Yes. So we bought a few jackets and I love that, you know, the companies that look, it's free returns, free shipping, like Nordstrom and stuff. It was mm -hmm. like, let's just order some and go from there. And I found several that I admit elevate the dress, the dresses that you helped me buy. <laughs> but like, yeah, it elevates it. And now even still, like even this summer, I was like, okay, I need, I need a certain like white jacket that I'm looking for now. And now in different kinds of jackets, like a linen jacket or mm -hmm. those kinds of things for like summer and stuff. You, you, you've convinced me. Of jackets. <laughs> I, still, I have a few cardigans, but I now think about that before I go like, okay, I was presenting online the other day to uh, a company and doing some training and development, training development work for them. And uh, it was a, whole company meeting and I had a really cute dress, but it was, and, and again, a simple, cute little necklace, simple, cute little gold earrings and which I've always been good at accessorizing. Always, <laughs> always. That's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like, I need to put a jacket on with this, not a cardigan, but a jacket. Mm -hmm. And it did, it looked fabulous. Mm -hmm. I do not know how many people I have helped to get into the world of jackets because of <laughs> the, I feel like the, what's it called? The gateway jacket, the gateway the jacket is that J crew sweater blazer. blazer. <laughs> and now I'm like, I thought that was going to be it. And then, oh gosh, I've got like, I've got faux leather jackets. I have jean jackets. Oh my goodness. I love it. Yeah. That's, it just totally elevates something. Yeah. It elevates I, your look. And because you were willing, right. And I think that I give so much credit to anyone who mm -hmm. is, when you come to the process, you don't know the outcome and I don't even know the outcome. Exactly. Right. And part of what we're doing is experimenting and we're trying things and we're seeing what is matching sort of what you're telling me and what you're expressing. And I'm, you know, again, the, again that's the intuitive part of the work about trying to decipher and extract these various pieces about people and have them actual actualized 
through the clothing. Totally. And I think for anyone, you're not alone. Many petite women who might be larger chested would say, no, I'm never going to wear a jacket. Like it's Mm going to look too bulky. It's going to make me look like a house, like fill in the Mm -hmm. blank. There's all sorts of beliefs there around how that might work until you try it. Mm -hmm. How do you know what might work or not work? And I think that was also part of the thing. Many, many of my clients, yourself included, you gave it a try and the things that didn't work, we moved on from, but the things that did work, you felt really good in. And it wasn't like I had to convince you Mm -mm, they looked mm -mm. great. You put it on and you were like, I feel great in this. Oh, totally. There's it, again, it goes back to that. It's an embodied experience when something feels right. Yeah. Like when the look feels right. And you have really taught me that like when I go shopping on my own, which you usually hear about all my purchases, but <laughs> when, when I go shopping on my own, um, I know the intuitive embodied feeling that's different when it's like, Oh, this feels right. This is right. This is just okay. I literally buy nothing that is just like, Oh, this is okay. It's like, Oh, I feel fabulous in this. It, that is, that is my marker. Now it's like even t-shirts. I'm like, Nope, I have to feel fabulous in it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's such an embodied difference. And again, when you and I were talking about this too, it's like, when you're talking about you, when you hold yourself differently, you do like the crown of the head reaches up toward the sky, your shoulders go down and back. You just show up and take up more space. It's, Mm. it's awesome. There's a total feeling of difference. And if there's anything that I would wish for your clients or potential clients is that whole idea of like, Oh, cause I see this all the time in my work and coaching. It's like, we settle for a good enough life? Are we good enough style or feeling good enough in our clothes? And I just, I just don't anymore. Like I no, I don't settle for that in anything. And, and it's can start with and support, like it can start with the clothes and then move over into other ways and vice versa. But it's like, no, like, and now even some of the things that I purchased earlier when we were first beginning, I'm like, okay, maybe, oh, and the tailoring, hello, you introduced me to tailoring, like get it tailored, get it shortened, get it this, get it taken in those things. And just so it feels right and good. Um, yeah, there's even some things that I'm like, oh, I kind of bought that because I was trying out how to do this whole new style thing. And no, it didn't really jive. Boom. I let it go. Yeah. There's no like holding on to stuff. Totally. Like, oh, I might need no. Like right now I actually need a black dress. I have a navy blue dress, but I don't have a black dress anymore. I don't have a, I did not hold on to just an okay old black dress. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So right now in my closet, there is no black dress. Now I do have a nice black jumpsuit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but that's still on the list. So I'm, it's not like I'm keeping things and holding on to just mm, okay or good enough until I find something, I get rid of it because I trust that eventually when the season's right, or like, Hey, Maria shopping for me, like you are going to be like, Ooh, get this. So I I'm okay. Letting that go. And that is such a freeing thing too. I love that you just painted that picture. Cause there's a lot of people. And again, no judgment if you're holding on to the thing until you get oh, the yeah, replacement, but but there's a, there's a trust there that you just named about knowing like the fashion industry will always produce more clothing. That there will always true. be new style. You tell me that. Like, remember when I went crazy trying to get like 
I was like, okay, I'm going to order 20 Jack Jack Lisa. It will be okay. You will find a few and then there'll be more next year too. It's really okay. Or even later in the season, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but it speaks to, it's the same thing in coaching and, and in therapy, like sometimes we know in us that there's a big soul risk that we have to take. And there's a, there's, a, and, but we're wanting to hold on to the old before the new is presented to us. And we want this clear picture of the new. And there has to be this, again, sometimes big leap or a little leap, just a next right step, but of like a willingness to let go before you know what is coming, because there's this trust that like, I am leaning into feeling fabulous. I am leaning into like feeling awesome in my body. I'm leaning into that. I'm going to trust that. Yeah. And I think whether you, whatever language you might use around the universe, God spirit um, is waiting for you to take that little step of letting go, right? Like we're going to give you everything you possibly could dream of. You just got to take a step back a little bit here from this thing. That's no longer serving you. We often talk about like, there are all these angels just waiting for your like, yes, literally just like hanging out ready Uh, for you just to be like, I'm on board for that. Right. Uh And so that is also a huge part of this process around the self-discovery, the learning to trust that intuitive knowing, the, the larger picture of trusting the guidance that is there, always working on your behalf. And ultimately, and I'll circle back to the very sure. beginning about your truly like leading that life you deeply love mm-hmm. and getting to that place where you are living a life that feels good. You are expressing yourself in a way that feels good. And it's not a perfect process. It's not utopia no. every day, no. but it, it is something that you can return to because you know it, like you've just said, I know the feeling of when I feel fabulous in my clothes. So you can recognize it when it's there. And so you can go back to it. And that mm-hmm. I think ultimately is a beautiful place to sort of wrap up our conversation because this whole concept, it's cyclical. And it's, it's always going to be that way. And I think as long as we are evolving and learning and trying and experimenting and being open to the process that you've just so beautifully shared, there's lots of really cool stuff that can come out of this. And Lisa is my friend and also a beloved client. I'm just really grateful to you for all the ways that you've trusted me to help lead you through this process. Oh, I mean, like, honestly, Maria you've obviously you're I mean one of my just bestest dearest friends and with that with your styling expertise and it really is an expertise I have just benefited from so much and in working with you and I just know too how much you care about your clients and the work that you do like you will come back to me and you will share like oh my gosh I just had this awesome experience like this this client loved her closet review I was like oh yeah of course like Mm -hmm. you just put so whenever I'm talking to people about you, because people will stop me and be like, oh my gosh, I love your dress. Or, or I've shared on Instagram before those things, or I even share on my, my private Facebook page, like, oh, my stylist Maria, just because I love bragging about you because you give such care and attention and that deeper intuition combined with the knowledge you have about style is just phenomenal. Uh, and such an incredible combination. So I'm always bragging about you and your Thanks, things. So girl. 
She's mm. one of my best ambassadors for mm. sure. So thank you. <laughs> Please thank you for being on this podcast. And I want uh, listeners to know how they can get in touch with you. How can they sure. find you? Where are you in the world? Yeah. Yeah. So the easiest thing is to go just to my website and it's lisa mccrowan.com. And so McCrowan can be kind of hard. So I'll spell that out for you. So it's L I S A. M-C-C-R-O-H-A-N. Yeah, just go to me there and you'll see what my about my podcast and other awesome stuff and my books and things. So amazing girl. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much for being on the podcast with me. It was such Thank a delight. <laughs> it was awesome. Thank you, Maria. Hey there. I wanted to take this opportunity to tell you more about MFD style, my wardrobe consulting business. I've been styling professionally for nearly 15 years, and it truly is my life's passion and purpose. In fact, my mission is to help you develop a confident and authentic signature style, breathe life into your existing wardrobe, and help you fill in with perfect, versatile pieces that are in line with your style and budget. And yes, all of this can be done both in person or virtually. This experience can transform your life. I have seen it happen countless times. And all you have to do is take that first step. Set up a free 30-minute consultation call with me, and we can start this journey together. You deserve to have a wardrobe that mirrors who you are, and I am so ready to help make that happen. You can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com. so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you've heard, I would appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on the podcasting platform you're using and share this episode with others who you think might really enjoy these conversations about personal style. For more information all about MFD style services, you can find me on the web at mfdstyle.com on Instagram at MFD underscore style, where I post almost five days a week, or send me an email at maria at mfdstyle.com. I also have a weekly email I send to subscribers, so I will include the link to that sign up in the show notes. So until next time, friends, remember to love yourself and then love yourself some more.